0: Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Monash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from San Diego, California. Welcome to the show, Pete Reese. Thanks for having me, Victor. I appreciate it. Great to have you here. Now, Pete, you've been at this land game for a little while. Before we dive into the details, maybe give a little bit of your backstory and how you got to this point in your journey. Sure. Well, I've been in real estate for
1: uh, quite some time uh, since, I guess, uh, the year two thousand when my wife and I bought our first home together. It was uh, we purchased it in here in San Diego County, one hundred ninety five thousand with an FHA loan, three and a half percent down. So it was a it was a big step for us, just buying a house, and we were kind of excited. Stayed in it for about two years and did some kind of questionable uh, quality renovations myself on the property. <laughs> but, the, but the property did actually increase in value even after those improvements. And uh, so it went up to, I think, about 250 in, in about two years. So we took that money, rolled it into a bigger and better property. That one needed work as well, fixed that up. And then we kind of got into uh, house flipping. So we started doing that. That was our full-time business for a number of years until the real estate market crashed in uh, you know 2007-ish. Around here, and but thankfully, um, about a year before that, I had gotten my broker's license. So it kind of positioned me to be able to work with banks on their REO listings. So that was that became my primary focus. I kind of realized that house flipping was kind of a dangerous game at that point. So I decided, hey, let's just uh, let's just go where the action is, and that's what was ha- those are the properties that we're selling the bank-owned foreclosure properties. So. I For a number of years, I was solely focused on that, sold a lot of properties for the banks. It was an interesting time period, but not one I would want to repeat. But I did get some great connections from that. I started working with a lot of larger investment companies and I'd be, sort of transitioned into just finding deals for them. As an investor myself, I knew what they were looking for. I knew how to get them deals. So I just uh, kind of accumulated as many deals as I could for them. And then got out of the real estate business for a little while. We started My wife and I started a company about um, online education business, about blogging and travel blogging that took us. uh, We traveled the world uh, for, for a number of years, you know, 150 days out of the year with our whole family of five. So that was a great time, great adventure and everything, but kind of got the itch to get back into real estate investing. And I stumbled trying to figure out really what model I wanted to use. to to get back in it. And I stumbled into some people talking about land flipping online and I would see anecdotes of people saying, Hey, I bought this property for 10,000. I sold it for 30,000. I thought, well, those are some pretty great returns, you know, tripling your money and in a short amount of time. And I thought, well, I can, I think I've got the skill set to do that. So I ended up buying a training course and really learned everything I could about that business model and I just dove all in, and in March of 2021, so a little bit of a uh, almost two years ago now, we resold our first property using that model, and ended up at the end of 2021 did about 1.2 million in revenue and about 50% gross profit margin. So, try to on every deal we try to we buy we try to double our money. So, and these are all cash purchases for the most part. So we buy them cash and then resell them. And the benchmark is double our money, and we were pretty much able to do that the first year. Um, Then twenty twenty two did three point five million, roughly in revenue, and a little bit shy of the fifty percent gross profit margin, but pretty close. And then twenty twenty three, we're
0: looking to do ten million. That's amazing. Now, land of course comes in all different shapes and sizes. Uh, You know, there is the development play, which is where my company is primarily focused, and then there is a lot of land of all different types. There is land that's been subdivided. Through generations, and some of it is stranded with easements. There's land that people are forgotten about. There's all kinds of different things. What what's your focus?
1: Yeah, our primary focus. Most of the properties that we deal with are what I would consider rural properties, ten acres and above for the most part. So these are properties, you know, one to two hours outside of a major metro, which is a lot of the United States. I I, I realize, but areas where there's some good activity and you know, an active land market, things buying properties are actually selling and trading on the market. So those are kind of our, our standard bread and butter properties that we do. And most of them are either purchased for recreational or they're purchased as a potential home site down the road or, or immediately, I guess. But, and I guess the acreage ranges anywhere from, you know, on the low side, probably five acres, but most of the time, 10 acres and all the way up to the biggest property we have done is 656 acres. That's kind of the range.
0: Fascinating. Now you don't get involved at all in making any improvements to the land or anything like that. You're simply buying at what you perceive to be a discount to the true market value for whatever reason. The seller just isn't attached to that property and you're figuring out how to take it off their hands and make a little bit of margin on it.
1: Yeah. I mean, we do uh, we do a lot of minor value add stuff. And when I say minor, I mean clearing some brush, clearing paths on a property. We'll do septic perk tests. You know, we'll do some surveying sometimes. Uh, We'll also do some minor subdivision. And a lot of these areas, you can just hire a surveyor to go out to the property. And uh, if it's, uh, you know, five lots or less, the surveyor will chop it up on paper and then you can resell the lots individually. So we do that as well. And those are pretty easy and quick things. We do things that we do improvements that can be done quickly that will add value to the property. And allow us to resell it faster and for for as much money as we can as well.
0: Yeah, certainly subdividing land is a great play if you can make it happen. In a lot of parts of the country, land that is zoned agricultural, you know, you might only be allowed to put a single family dwelling on forty acres. You might not be allowed to subdivide it. So, uh, how deep do you get in the zoning?
1: well we every property we have a whole due diligence checklist so i've got my team that kind of runs down this whole list of things that we check most of the areas that i've dealt in to this point the zoning has really not been a hindrance on on the subdivision i know out in california it's a really big deal here you know that um, most of the properties in the better areas are already <laughs> subdivided as far as they can go but in a lot of these areas i've been dealing with it's mostly on the east coast all the way down from new york to florida these areas, um, not really. a lot of them are not really restricted by the zoning. It's more like how easy is it going to be? Is there going to be road frontage for all these parcels, or are you going to have to build an expensive road to get back to some of them? Those are more the considerations that I run into sometimes.
0: Access to services and things like that would be a consideration exactly. as well. Yeah. Yep. Fascinating. So what is it that's enabled you to scale your business? Is it just time in the business, momentum, and the words gotten out that you guys are in the game? Or what What have you done to grow pretty strongly over several years in succession?
1: Well, my big thing is getting the phone to ring, getting the lead flow coming in. And we we generate all of our business at this point with direct mail. So we build lists of property owners and we generally use a service called Data Tree. It's a first American company, but it allows us to build the list of the property owners and filter by basic stuff generally, you know, like the acreage range, you know, if it's vacant land, we remove obvious non-sellers like the railroad or a uh, utility, you know, things like that. But we just send out a lot of mail. At this point, we're sending out, and this is gradually recre- uh, increased and allowed us to scale, it, uh, we're sending out 50,000 letters a month. So it's about 50 cents a letter. And that that marketing budget will continually increase yeah and then all the other thing that's really helped is building out my team and at the beginning it was it was mostly me and and an assistant doing pretty much everything, but I've built out a lot of roles on my team that have helped me deal with all the all the deals that we're doing
0: now at this point, you've got a fair bit of transaction volume under your belt you have you noticed any trends for example? Are properties that are single owner versus joint tenancy? Are, are there one that's more likely to sell than the other? Or have you noticed any of those sorts of trends?
1: Yeah, you know, most of the sellers that we end up dealing with, there's always exceptions to the rule, but I would say that the biggest categories that we run into are people that inherit a property or maybe they've purchased it a long time ago and really have no use for the property anymore. So if they've inherited a property, you know, there's probably a number of heirs that that are generally making that decision on it. But, and, and a lot of times these heirs to this property don't live in the area anymore. They may not have ever been to the property. So it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. And they're, you know, they've got to maintain it. They've got to pay the property taxes. And it's just simply not something they want to deal with. And then, you know, obviously you've got the people that have owned them for quite some time. Maybe at some point they purchased it with the intent of building on it. Or maybe they just purchased it to accumulate properties in the area but a lot of them are not interested in the property anymore for any reason and they know they're not never going to build on it so it's kind of like well we'll take this cash easy offer and that's what we're able to
0: offer fascinating well pete if folks want to connect if they want to learn more what's the best way
1: best way is our website turningprofit.com and I try to give as much insight into the business as I can I do a monthly income report on there where I basically break down the revenue that month, the gross profit that month, each and every deal that we resold that month as well. You know, like what we bought it for, what we sold it for, how much profit, how many days we held it for, all those different things. So I do that on a monthly basis and also film a video, you know, have a write-up and I also film a video about it as well. So, and then uh, we have a lot of different videos on YouTube as well. And and my wife and I just launched a podcast, which is not about, not just about It's real estate investing, but there's a big focus on uh, land investing as well. So that would be the best spot, turningprofit.com.
0: Fabulous. Well, Pete, love what you're doing. It's been uh, amazing to watch your growth. And for the listeners at home, definitely connect with Pete Reese at turningprofit.com if you're interested in learning more about land. And in the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.